0: You're like, did you see how many people cried in adoration? It's like, yeah, it, like, how, how did that become a, a, a point of you know success? That's not discipleship, so so yeah, my hope would be that we, um, as a group, Catholics speak, you know, which I can't stand that term, but I have yeah. to list it like in my bio or whatever. <laughs> but like, yeah, hopefully, we as a group of evangelists, um, you know. Yeah, start to rethink this and say, well, how can we empower more missionary disciples, people on the ground?
1: That was the voice of Eni Hickman. he came on the show today and we talked about a lot of different things in evangelization and so much more. You know, the thing I love about Eni is that he challenges the way we think about ministry and the way we think about evangelization. I know he did that with me today. You know, for a long time in the church, A common thing we think about is, oh, every single summer, we're just going to send a bunch of young people to a Steubenville conference, and boom, they're going to go and be disciples after that. Any challenges that thought? And he says, what about just being a normal person, loving people around you and your family? How about loving your neighbor? Well, today we talk about that, and we talk about so much more, and it was a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed it, and I hope you do as well. I really think you will. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, you should go and do that so you get new episodes every single week. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Any Hickman. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on, buddy? I'm here live today with Annie Hickman. And he is a Catholic speaker, you might have seen him at the Steubenville Catholic Youth Conferences, you might have seen him in Guatemala, doing a pilgrimage to beauty, out there with his wife, Kana. They run together an awesome ministry called Delray Collective, and uh, they're doing some amazing things to love their neighbor. Andy, how you doing, man?
0: Doing great, man. I, uh, I like that intro music. I like- Makes me want to move, move my neck.
1: Right, it's just like, there's
0: like neck music, you like know. What is happening? That's, I don't even know what that ha-
1: like. What is? I don't even know what that is called. What's, what's that type of music? Even hey, it's
0: jazz. Is it yeah, jazz? It's, it's smooth jazz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people call it muzak.
1: Yeah, muzak.
0: Yeah, muzak. Yeah. Where did that come
1: yeah. from? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I thanks for having that. me. Yeah, thanks for being on, man. So, um. How are you doing? What's going on with your like I mean yeah, quarantine it's life? Weird. It's so weird. weird. I'm over it. So I weird. want to get back to like I am
0: too. People. This was yeah, it's it was sad. It was a sad Holy Week. I I you know we we normally enter in um, you know, to the entire triduum, we we have this family tradition of the seven altars of repose, where we pilgrim, you know, pilgrimage all around the city, and then we have pizza afterward. And like, it was just a sad night. We couldn't do, you know, we we looked and they, oh, there's online altars of repose. And it's like, uh, no, it's
1: not the same.
0: I don't. No, I'm not doing that. And then, yeah, I mean, it kind of all came to a culmination. I think Easter, we were, you know. First week we're like, all right, we're made for this. Like, yeah. um, you know, we're family oriented, we're gonna pray, we're gonna hang out, we're gonna play games, it's great. Second week we're like cruising. Um, yeah, and I think it just like, yeah, we, we we hit a rock bottom holy Week, and No, this is not fun anymore, I don't wanna do this. Um, and we're, we're, I would say we're like, yeah, we hit rock bottom and then we're like still there you know, like, we've plateaued. Yeah, we've, like, plateaued, <laughs> at, yeah, we've like the plateaued there. Yeah. yeah, we're on the bottom. Um, we, we're getting used to the bottom, you know, finding healthy coping, you know, mechanisms. Um, you all know, have teenagers, adolescents. I've been working with adolescents for years, but it's a totally different thing when you have your own, and um, you're no longer smart fashionable you know you have no you got nothing on them and um i love them dearly we get along great but we've had to find new avenues of connection yeah Uh, you know and so that's been that's been a big show so i so i started playing minecraft
1: really how's that going i've never played it before (laughs) i played Fortnite, which they say is like it
0: No, thanks man. Like I used to, I used to game, I, you know, I had, before I had, you know, a billion kids, like I had a room, you know, where I would play my Xbox and this is before, you know, a lot of online stuff. And, um, you know, yes, the more kids that came into my household, the, the less I played. And then I probably haven't played any sort of video games in 15 years, 14 years at least. Yeah. And, um, but I couldn't, there was again there was nothing. It was like let's go take a walk. Let's go jump on the trampoline. My you know, my teenagers are like no. And they don't play Minecraft either. Yeah. But it came to a point where like, well, we can we can do this. So we we've, we've been watching Star Wars and and playing Minecraft together. Yeah. It's like, you know, one thing that we've been able to connect over, but um yeah, I'm doing okay. I mean, God's good. God is faithful. This is a natural thing that's happening. I don't know if you've... I mean, have you thought about the fact that this thing is an organism? Like, that's thriving?
1: It's weird. Yeah, I'm like like, COVID-20 is going to happen. That's what I'm worried about. Like, it's going to mutate and COVID-20 is going to happen, you know?
0: Oh, it will. (laughs) I mean, like, all the scientists are saying that this is... I mean, this is just the first of many, you know, things that we're going to have to adapt to as a global community. Um the natural world has always done this to human beings and human beings are awesome. Like the the human, we're, we're, we, we rule this planet. I mean, we, we've done this for years, whether it was like a lion in the camp, you know, yeah. like, what yeah. do you do? You know, you figure it out or, yep. you know, you're in the jungle and there's a venomous frog or whatever. Like human beings have been awesome at adapting and, and figuring out how to survive and, this is a new one. But it's this is an organism that's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Reproduce, thrive. Like it's kicking butt right now. And you know, um, we gotta kick its butt back and, you yeah. know, figure out how to do life with it in the village. And um yeah, yeah so I, I'm yeah, we're we're gonna be okay. God's God's good and
1: how long you think God's it's gonna got last. It. What's up? How long you think it's gonna last? What? Like Well, yeah, good – I mean, because it's – I'm thinking about, like, the the virus itself. But then I wonder also how long is people's – like, the psychological impact of it going to last? Like, people are going to be like – Well, at a certain
0: point, there's a breaking point, right? There's a point where we come to the end. We're like, no.
1: Yeah.
0: I will go to the grocery store, you know? (laughs) I will go to my favorite restaurant. Like, we'll come to a point where we're so – ready to live that we forget our fear. Yeah. And figure out how to do life, you know. So, um but no, the virus I mean, it'll be around. It'll be here. Like it'll be with us, you know. We won't de- I yeah, it sort of drives me nuts when people are like we will defeat the thing. It's like we're not going to defeat the thing. We're going to control the thing. yeah We're going to be aware of the thing. Um we're going to move around the thing when we know it's in a certain area or a certain country or a certain neighborhood. It's like you know, once testing gets to a place where we can know where it is, you know, then you just avoid that area. Um, you shut down the grocery store in that neighborhood and you tell everybody to go elsewhere, um, you know, or social distance, whatever. It's going to be
1: – yeah,
0: it's a new deal. It's a new deal. Um, and, you know, the effects and – I mean there's just going to be tremors forever. Yeah. For our whole life. We'll be, you know – yeah, there'll be things that are different, I think. Um, this is
1: one thing. Yeah I mean literally <laughs> like hello. Hello, <laughs> hello. Nick. we're doing yeah, a podcast over there. <laughs> this is wild <laughs> I've, never,
0: I've never met you before, but like hello, you know, you uh, this is fun. Yeah. Uh, things like this will grow and um, you know, hopefully we'll be using media, new media for greater impact on evangelization and um, communication and loving and, um, you know, the question I always, I keep asking is like, where are the saints, you know, cause like in every generation, yeah. you know, World War II, you've got Maximilian Colby and, you know, Edith yeah. Stein or, you know, just, you know, the new world, you have the Jesuit martyrs. And, you know, the, I keep asking the question, like, where are the saints of COVID? Like when Seriously. the history is written, what do they look like? What are they doing right now? And, um, you know, I keep going back to this like, you know, they're probably just loving their family. You know, they're yeah. they're probably not doing much that's extraordinary or sexy. It's probably just looking like loving. Well, I mean, I guess that could be sexy, loving your wife. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah, I mean, just like, but loving your wife and yep. paying attention to your kids and not, you know... Um, you know, the whether I'm on a podcast with you or, you know, or doing work, the back of my head looks the same to my kids. Right. You know, so like this is good work we're doing, but it can't be at the expense of like neglecting my family. That's like right in front of me. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. What do you think the saints look like? I I mean, I, I'd be curious to hear what, what you think, like when it's written. It, what do the saints look like right now?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I had a friend just say that the Patriot Saint of social media is going to be the, the person who doesn't have a social media account at all. <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of, kind of what, what you're saying is like right now, people are connecting in all of these things. But kind of what I think too is like a deacon that I work with, uh, Deacon Adolfo, he says, don't, he told me once, he said, don't let your marriage and your family die on the altar of your ministry. And that's so true to me. Like, I think that's where right now it, because right now, the church, anyone who are, who is working in evangelization, it's like all mystery. Like, my life got exponentially more busy when all of this happened. How did that happen? And, right. Right. And it's like, because I'm like live streaming masses, all of these things, but it's just taken the Yeah. It's, it's, it's been hard for me. I've definitely found it really difficult to be like, well, wait, I need to pause and I just need to. To just sit and be present, right? You well, we were
0: already, yeah, we were already frenetic, right? Like, we, you know, how you doing, bro? Oh man, busy, you yep. know, like that was already a thing that was happening in ministry, like traveling a lot, yeah, man, speaking everywhere, you know, like rolling around. Like, we were already sort of in that um mode and mindset that like busyness was a virtue somehow, and yep. it's not, and it never was. And I I, I would like to think this you know this time period as a like a rehab intervention type thing for yeah for for ministry leaders yeah. and evangelists like you're being forced to like all of the issues in your own household are coming to the surface yeah. all of your insecurities are coming like what happens when I don't take a stage for Four months. Yeah. Do I still feel the same value? Like, do I still feel the same worth, like I'm doing, you know? Um, yeah, be, you know, St. Therese, you know, just like, or 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 Mother Teresa. You know, the idea that, like, right here is where God wants you. Understanding you can't get mad at anybody but yourself. Like, these are the things that are coming to the surface. So, um, like a rehab intervention, you know, um, we're gonna see things that are ugly, and then we're gonna see things that probably we need to reprioritize right um, the the horror story, and this has haunted me for years like I got it dude i was I was like on stages at nineteen, yeah twenty I was way too young you know now i'm in my forties, and you know so i I've seen so many horror stories of the the minister, like the public minister that, yeah. you know, the kids grow up and leave the church or their marriage falls apart because they were out too much, you know, or just maybe they're just neglecting the important things. And um, so that's always been something that haunted me, you yeah. know, in public ministry is like, I can't let that the important things feel like we got to keep the important things important. But I think, yeah, so like in a, in a good way. This situation, perhaps for a lot of folks, is, is bringing that to the forefront, bringing that to the light. There's there's tons of silver lining. Yeah. I'm, I'm in my, you know, I'm in my, I'm in my jammy pants right here, you know, like, yeah. this is, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> silver lining, I can keep, I can keep my jammies on, it's you know? It's the best. I love
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that's cool. How have, uh, like, how has that affected you, like, doing what you do, like, has that been, Super difficult for because I, I mean, I've been thinking about that conferences being you know canceled and all this stuff. Has that been really tough for you like to kind of re figure out like what's happening this summer, what's happening moving forward? How has that been?
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's caused us to think you know, um, quite a bit about yeah, I mean, when, when they open up, you know, when like society opens up and the economy opens up, or you know is a conference with 3,000 sweaty teenagers and middle-aged compromised health chaperone ladies like in one place. Like, is that like, I mean, I'm sorry, but like that's what a youth conference looks like. Yeah. So like, are we, you know, is that going to be one of the first things that they're like, yeah, that's what we do. I I don't, I just don't think so. I don't think this is going to be, we're going to go into the future, thinking events. Um, but I also, you know, like we're like we're saying, I don't think. I also don't think that um, it's online. Yeah. I think I think it's come. I think we're becoming aware of like, man, online's important, important, important. But hopefully, this pushes us back toward discipleship. You know, back yeah. towards small groups. I-, I read a study one time. It was like something like, I think the human like, the human psyche, like, emotionally, you know, physically, spiritually, can tolerate something like 70 relationships, like, 70 relationships, like, I know 70 people, but, like, to have intimacy, it's something like 20, you know, like, the really great extrovert can have, like, 30 or something, but the, you know, um, hopefully it pushes us back towards, like, our parish and, and away from a consumeristic type of evangelization where yeah. it's like, you know, smoke, you know, smoke machines and lights and things like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's great. It's fun. It's awesome to jump around. We've asked the question for years. Um, where are these disciples? Yeah. Like, if you took all the Steubenville conferences throughout all of history, you know, from 1977, I think, on, um, you know, you're getting into the millions of people. Yeah. And I want to know where they are. Like, where are all these young people? Well, you know, either A, we were, you know, they're, they're out there doing incredible work, and many of them are, or B, we were just fooling ourselves thinking that when a teenager cries – that somehow they've, you know, they're a disciple, you know, Forever. like, yeah. oh, you're like, did you see how many people cried in adoration? It's like, y- yeah. It, like how, how did that become a, a, a point of, you know, success? That's not discipleship. So, so yeah, my hope would be that we, um, as a group Catholics, speak, you know, which I can't stand that term, but I have yeah. to list it like in my bio or whatever, <laughs> but like, yeah, Hopefully, we as a group of evangelists, um, you know, yeah, start to rethink this and say, well, how can we empower more missionary disciples, people on the ground? I mean, from a from a financial standpoint, um, yeah, nobody's gonna pay you like, a, you know, like us. Like we've been opening our homes to our neighbors for, you know, eleven, uh, yeah, eleven almost twelve years. Um, every week, nobody, nobody's going to pay me to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Oh, cool. You're doing that. Like, that's great. Uh, here's some money. Like nobody's going to pay me a stipend to open my homes to my neighbors. Yeah. And so, yeah, financially this is going to be, you know, difficult, but I think, you know, there's a lot of creative people out there. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thought I have is like, you know, are we supposed to make money? Like, is that is that a thing? I'm I'm not afraid to ask that question. Like, should evangel, you know evangelistic nonprofits and ministries be making money? You know, um, I've I've seen in my experience that like the great ones don't. <laughs> you know, like the, the the great you know it's it's almost like when you're running nonprofits, you go can you know we're either going to make money or we're going to be effective and like, yeah, just be rather be effective. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of them out there that can do both, but, um, but yeah, I think we'll have to rethink the finance evangelization for sure.
1: It's interesting. Like, you know, thinking about like St. Paul, you know, making tents and that's how he made his living so that he could go and just that didn't even worry about, Oh, you're not paying me. Like I'm just here to be with you and preach with you. I'm making your tent. You know, it's like, what What a wonderful yeah, what could we do? Like, instead of just...
0: Everybody needs tents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone you needs
1: know, tents.
0: <laughs> like, like, find the thing... Yeah, like, Paul found the thing... Sorry, if you hear some jingling, that's my dog. I'm going to take his collar off. Um, cool. This is what you've been hearing. The, um, the... Yeah, like, Paul found a thing that everybody needs. Yeah. You know, um... Maybe it's an undertaker or, you know, maybe, you know, something, some solid thing that you can do that brings you into intimate relationships with people. I mean, this is the idea of the secular priest, right? Like yeah. before there were parishes, which, you know, is a fairly new concept in, in the church, like, you know, 300, 400 years, you know, priests were cobblers. They were making shoes. You know, the priest, the ordained minister had a job in the town. Um, and you know, you, yes, he, he, uh, he administered the sacraments, but he was also a, a dude right? that you went to, you know, to, to, you know, he rolled your tobacco or he made your beer or whatever. Right. Like, um, I think we've, yeah, we, I don't think we've missed the boat. The pair system is great, but you know, the more evangelists can be, you know, a part of the community. Uh, I think we have a better, I think we have a, that's a. Yeah, it's like the backyard. I mean, yeah. are you going to come to a Bible study at the church, or are you going to come to my backyard? Like, the ninety-nine percent of people who don't know Jesus are going to come to my backyard and have a barbecue, as opposed to going to a Bible study. So, like, right. there's, um, yeah, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be said there. I love that you bring up St. Paul. Like, that's yeah. that's a great point. Yeah, that's the scriptural evidence of what it looks like to be a disciple and an evangelist. The greatest event, you know, one yeah. of the greatest evangelists, right? Yeah. Wrote half the Bible the majority of his day was spent stretching leather and just hammering. in the marketplace
1: just sitting there next to the other booth <laughs> you know whoever that person was <laughs> making whatever that's
0: that's wild right that yeah and so it kind of and it also helps like that it's something that um like i always used to think man mary always appears to shepherds you know like always appears to people who were sort of doing this like I don't know, like like gardening does this, you know, farming does this, shepherding does this, the rural life, you know, where you have time to slow down and you're doing something so maybe mundane or ordinary that God can sort of penetrate that. I think that that, I think, I think making tents was probably one of those things for Paul that he was able to have relationship with Jesus in, in that. And then the other great thing is that he could travel anywhere. Yeah. He had a skill. He didn't need to take his whole, you know, operation with him. He could just be like, I know how to make
1: tents. Need some? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys need some? Yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> all right, I'm right. coming to town, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. How, uh, Ephesus. How'd, how'd you get into all this stuff? Like, in the at, at the beginning, like, you're, what, you said you started doing all this in 1918? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> Is that what oh, you, you said? said no. Uh, wait,
0: you said 1918, That's, like the year no. or my age.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely it started not. in
0: 1918, man. You look
1: great, <laughs> you, bro. You were really holding up there, man. Uh, yeah. 1918
0: no, years uh, old, yeah. Yeah, so I – oh, gosh, man. Um, yeah, it was a wild situation. We were – you know, I was – you know, typical, uh, my mom was a youth minister, and uh, well, we called her, you know, it was youth director at that point, which meant like cut the pizza,
1: <laughs> yeah, you
0: know, unlock the youth room where the pool table was. And um, so but I was so I was around church a lot, and people had always been like, you know, priests and people. I had incredible priests around me, we lived a block and a half from the church. I had um, ador- twenty four you know, twenty four seven adoration at my disposal. Priests were always in our home drinking scotch, and um, you know, we and other things too, you know. But but like definitely, we kept scotch ready for the priests. Um, so I grew up around the church and and great mentors. People were like, dude, you've got something, you've got something. So I was always kind of like the churchy kid. Until eighth grade or so where I, you know, love, you know, girls and, you know, rebellion and um, till about my – the end of my freshman year of college actually. So I I sort of – yeah, typical. Yeah. Dual life, whatever. Um, But always – I never really like lost my faith, just sort of, I lost me, you know, like I couldn't find me and really it was the end of my freshman year, I was at the University of Texas and uh, yeah, just sort of made a decision. I was, I was recruiting for my fraternity. So I had like this gigantic budget to like buy beer for underage kids. I mean, it was, it was (laughs) insane, you know, taking, yeah. And, and, uh, and I was was always, what's that?
1: What forever was it?
0: I'm, I'm Kappa am Kappa Sig. Texas, yeah, ta- the the Tau chapter, um, and yeah, it was just like, what am I doing? You know, like what what is going on here? Uh, and so it wasn't so it wasn't like a, a knocked off my horse type of thing where Jesus appeared. It was more like you know it was more questions. I, I was I, I had always been in relationship with this guy that you probably know, Paul George, uh, out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, um, founder of Adore Ministries. Uh, he, he and I've been friends for gosh yeah like twenty twenty three twenty four years something like that and um he would call me he'd call me like and just you know I was at Texas he'd call me my in my dorm rooms before cell phones yeah he'd be like hey man you smoking weed <laughs> you know stuff like that like it's like Dude, what like yeah you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, he always loved me and held me accountable. And so at a certain point he just asked me, he's like, who are you going to be? Like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to be this guy or are you going to be that guy? And, um, yeah. So, uh, sophomore year, I, three semesters at Texas, I had a 1.6 GPA and, uh, just said, you know, enough's enough. I, I was a smart kid in high school. I know I have, you know, I, I can, you know, exercise some self-control. And I just packed up my stuff and left Austin and drove home. And I've always been a real fan of, um, big fan of St. Francis of Assisi. I love like the Franciscan all or nothing, you know, I will follow the gospel stripping naked. I have nothing now I can call, you know, you know, I can truly say our father who art in heaven, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I love that drama. And, uh, so I, I, I had, you know, I had a moment where I left the world and just said like, that's enough and, um, carried that passion and, and sort of radical missionary zeal, um, into, into my home. And yeah, sooner or later, somebody reached out from Franciscan university and said and and again i had already met father Dave pavanka and a few others just through my connections my mom worked for national life teen for years and so we had you know i just had a lot of friends um in ministry and they heard of this kid who had like you know quit at that time in 1997 98 it was like any kid that had highlights and like a hemp necklace and said jesus and talked about jesus they were like get to the stage you know like (laughs) you have a testimony. All right. You know, so it, um, that was just sort of the thing. And so, yeah, the, the, the the net, the following summer I was, um, asked to, uh, yeah, give my witness at three student conferences. You know, the, the format has changed so many times over the years, but yeah, that was sort of my, my entry point. And, um, I, you know, again, it wasn't like, and I'm still, not a great speaker. I just have great mentors. I, 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 you know, the people in my life who have just given me, um, an absurd, an obscene amount of control, like, you know, here you go, like delegate this entire thing to me. I'm too young, but I grew into, I grew into these roles and, um, yeah. So from that moment on, uh, you know, it was confirmation retreats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I, you know, for the first two years or three years, I really bought my own hype, you know, man, I thought I was awesome,
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: like, <laughs> and, uh, and really tried to be that guy, you know, and then there's nothing like marriage and, um, children to humble you and, put you in, you know, put you back in your place of like, oh yeah, this is what the, this is important. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, yeah. So with Steubenville conferences and Life Teen, et cetera, you know, through the years been doing that, but, um, 2008 was a turning point for us. And, you know, I started traveling a lot less, um, and just focusing on, you know, my neighbor, neighbor, we had, um, you know, this experience of, yeah, just sort of revelation that there were people, you know. Mother Teresa's always been, you know, a friend of mine. You know, like she yeah. just inspires me daily. And yeah, um, and yeah, just that idea of the little ordinary, the the the, the poor are. We are the poor. We're, we're poor. Like we are the poor. Everywhere is yeah. the poor. Yeah. And when Jesus you know, gave us this new command to love our neighbor. Um, it had never occurred to me that my neighbor was my neighbor. Yeah. And, you know, neighbor meant somebody abroad, neighbor meant somebody, you know, if they're on, you know, whatever. Like it was just, it wasn't my neighbor, my actual neighbor. I, I drive past that guy to go do ministry. Yeah. Um, um, so a few experiences where I'm like driving to the airport to go to Haiti again, you know, I'm driving through this, like, rough neighborhood, and I'm like, this looks like Haiti. And it's like, wait a minute. I could save a lot of money. And then having this, like, realization that, you know, Africa is sending priests as missionaries here, and, like, yeah. we're sending missionaries to Africa. Is like, dude, why can't—what what if we just all stayed home?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, like—
0: Like, we'd—yeah, we'd save a ton of money on air travel and training and, like— I understand my community more than he does and he understands his community. But, you know, so and then, um, yeah, in 2008, my son approached us after mass one day and said, hey, dad, can we meet our neighbors? And I'm like, why? I was traveling. I was on, you know, on the road all the time. And, yeah. Dad, can we meet our neighbors? He's like five years old. And I'm like, well, yeah, but why? And he said, Jesus, you know, I learned in Sunday school today. Jesus said, love, our, love your neighbor. And I so I thought we should meet them. And we're living in this like cookie cutter you know, suburban neighborhood where people don't talk or they don't know each other's names, and um, yeah, it was like I had another conversion, and just sort of everything shifted, shifted towards my neighbor, and um, yeah. So, Kana and I praise God for marriage, and my wife. My wife was raised um, evangelical Protestant. Uh, she has an incredible family. They all converted to Catholicism. Her dad is the head of deaconate diac- uh, formation for the Diocese of Phoenix. Um, we set out to be missionaries in our neighborhood, and he was like, yeah. You know, most father-in-laws are like, you're dumb. Get <laughs> a you job. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, my father-in-law is like, yes, like, ra-, you know, he they're radicals. And um, I just, uh, yeah, so we've been really blessed uh, to to do this. Not Not everybody gets this opportunity you know, to, uh, to have a platform. So we're, um, yeah, to God be the glory, not, not us, not at all. But, um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the summary.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How's that? I mean, how's that been like, I guess in, in transition to this idea of like, just loving your neighbor in the open porch, like what's that been like for you? I was telling you before we jumped live here that, you know, me and Christina, we started one here in our little tiny apartment and then it was kind of just, all the normal faces came. It was just the the regular bubble of the Catholic crowd right and what you know it just it, it might have been it was probably- mostly us it was probably mostly us just not inviting as much um but what what's that been like for you? What do you think about all that
0: yeah, um well I mean you bring up an interesting point I know you you said that before that uh yeah and I would say that that yeah like the early years were were that way i mean we when we first began you know, we called it family dinner and, um, before it became like a thing, (laughs) you know, the open porch network, which by the way, like if you're a member, if you're, if you're on our Patreon, which I'll just send you this map anyway, but like you can see the map of all the open porches when you register online, it's incredible. There's like, you know, 700 people that are sort of adopting this idea of opening their porch, you know, weekly or monthly or occasionally to their neighborhoods. It's incredible. When we first started, yeah, it was called family dinner because it was there was like a family, you know, our closest community, our friends. We we needed a place to to gather, um, and to commune and to share and things like that in a natural, vulnerable place. Um, but our mission was always that, you know, again, just like the mission of of the disciples, it's like we want this to grow. And when you read Acts, it says like the, you know we just read it right last yeah. week. It's like yeah, They're, uh, they they. Just, this is what they devoted themselves to and then they grew in number. I and mean, yeah. it's like, well, how do you grow in number um, other than inviting people into that into that space? And so um, it it's both. I think a lot of people say, you know, we we have we have this tendency in especially in Catholicism where we just get into camps, you know. Yeah. Or like, well, I'm a social guy, or I'm an orthodox guy, or I'm a charismatic guy. Right. Or, you know, like all these things. It's like, man, that's why I'm Catholic, because it's both and. It's all these things. Yeah. And, you know, the open porch is this great opportunity for a number of things. Uh, one, yes, like community. We, we need that moment together where we break bread and eat and we're open and there's these natural conversations. Secondly, we need a soft landing For our neighbors, for people who are not evangelized or, you know, unchurched or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to label, you know, they're scary people or different people or, you know, they vote differently or they have, you know, a weird gender, you know, call. Like, it's like all these things. We we don't have any soft landings in the church. Um, You know, definitely not on the parish. Maybe like softball or something, you know, (laughs) like served that or bingo, you know, like there were, there was a few kind of soft landings on parish properties, but like to be the church is to be the church, you know, like if Jesus came back and asked, where's the church? He's not asking like where the thing on the map, he's looking for the people. And if we are the church, the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, we have to constantly be that place of refuge and soft landing for people, and so, um, yeah, the open porch is both. It can be both, it, and and then it serves these couple purposes. One is it shows unchurched or non-churched or unevangelized or mad at the church people that the church is normal. Yeah, like we like Topo Chico, just like you like Topo Chico. Like right. we eat good food, we laugh. You know, we curse sometimes. Like. That's good for the for people to see. Oh, you're just normal people. You're not holier than thou. You're not all these things. Secondarily, it gives the church the opportunity to learn, like just normal social practice. You 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 know. I I was a youth minister for years, and what I was I felt like what I was doing for so so many so much of my time was just showing churchy kids how to be normal. Like you can't bring that up with this person. You know, I had this experience where, um, I was eating pizza with these kids. They were like, you know, dope smoking, you know, the, 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 um, the high school was right across the street. There's a pizza place every Wednesday I'd take them to pizza. Um, you know, and one time, well, and then after that was like our XLT adoration night that would happen and, And so the priest came along with me, the pastoral associate came along with me, and I'm like, all right, be cool, you know, like, try to be cool, (laughs) like, these guys don't know Jesus, they're nowhere near, we just get pizza every week, and this is my, you know, whatever, and, um, you know, sure enough, man, I mean, he's there at the table, he's like, so you guys coming to XLT tonight, you know, and they're, like, looking at me, like, it's xlt you know like mm-hmm. what do you, i'm like father there's not we're not you know like we don't need to talk we don't yeah. need to get into eucharistic adoration right now you know they, i'm just trying to move them towards a do good avoid evil type of <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. paradigm here um and uh and i got in trouble
1: oh my I got god in trouble. really really like
0: HR called me in the next day and they're like are you spending money you know on you know kids who are not coming to XLT and not coming I was like what you guys don't understand what we're doing here um yeah so it gives it gives it gives the church because it'll happen yeah like some things we say in our tight community oh my goodness they're so offensive to people things like fullness of truth yeah. Like, I love Fullness of Truth in Ministry. I'm really good friends with those guys. But, like, dude, your name. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, when you start saying things like that to a Protestant or, you know, or if someone else is like a Buddhist or Muslim or a Jewish person, like, like what well, do you no, know? we have, like,
1: we what have do you the know? fullness
0: of truth. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It sounds so egotistical. We understand it. We can say that. Yeah. But, like, how do I disseminate that to the normal guy? Um, you'd be amazed at how many folks came in to family dinner open ports like with their Bibles like when are we talking about that turned into some of the most like the most like prolific evangelists just wow. by sitting and listening
1: did they come in like like wanting to debate Is- right and then they because that's that's like fun for us
0: yeah you know yeah, like yeah. that's like a you know extracurricular activity for for smart Catholic people to like <laughs> yeah. talk about apologetics and things and It's not cool, like when you're when you're hanging out with uh, you know Muslim people. Like, be cool, Um, bite your tongue. Uh, You know, somebody disagrees with you in politics or morality or whatever. It's okay to not win. Yeah, just didn't ask us to win, man. He was like, just love, love this guy. And sometimes loving just look just looks like listening and saying. You you know I, you develop these little terms and you pr- you have to practice them because we have you know we, we do we have Muslim neighbors and Jewish neighbors together yeah you know in our house you know weekly or not not currently but you know like on a normal basis like you develop these things where you have to practice them you have to say things like that's an interesting point of view you <laughs> know like just yeah. and leave it at that and just Let's leave just it say that that's interesting yeah that's interesting that you think that way.
1: Yeah, a friend of mine, uh friend of yours, Chris Paget, uh, you know, him and his wife Linda were great, great mentors to my wife and I when we first love got. Oh,
0: the Pagets.
1: Yeah, just love they, those guys. They're the best. Yeah, totally. So their advice to us when we were getting married was, Would you rather be right or holy? Like that that was a motto that they put in their marriage when they get in little arguments or whatever, it's just like, Would you rather be right or holy? And it's something that's really helped us. It was like I just need to not. I just need to bite my tongue right now with Christina. I don't need to win this argument. Uh, I maybe I shouldn't win this argument. I'm just gonna like yeah. g- g- just talk to her. <laughs> just talk to her and be real. And same with these yeah. people you're talking about. You know, would you rather be right or holy?
0: <laughs> That's right, man. I mean, just let's let's just let let's let's let what happens happens, and just don't be a jerk. Yeah. You know, people ask us all the time, like, well, do you have to set down ground rules when people come in? You know, and I would say that. I, You know, I always say just there's really one rule. Just be a jerk. Like, just don't yeah. be, you know, don't be weird. Yep. Be cool, man. Just be cool. E- eat your meal. You know, carry on with conversation. And,
1: you has know, you'd be amazed been, at how many. Has there ever been a time when you've been like, hey, like had to pull someone aside yeah. and just.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 and And, and, and again, you have. You have to be close enough with them, right? Yeah. You have to have intimacy with them. That that's a that's a right you have to earn. Yeah. You know, to say, "Hey man, yeah, that wasn't cool." Like we had yeah, we had situations where people felt so offended they didn't come back. Wow. And um, that was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. You know, that was heartbreaking to me because there was there've there been, you know, we've had this is kind of weird. I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but we've had like we had a guy come out wow. like on our porch, you yeah. know, um, yeah. which was scary. I didn't know what to do. You know, like yeah. but it was beautiful that he felt comfortable enough in a Catholic home, knowing kind of our moral, you know, our morality. Right. Um, To feel comfortable enough with a small group. It wasn't like the entire crowd like, excuse me, attention, everybody. It was like after hours, five or six people lagging on the porch. Just wanted to let you all know. This is who I am. Um, This is where this is my attraction. Um, It was it was wild. It's beautiful. Um, I would hate in that moment for somebody like. Uh, have you, uh, watched the father Mike Schmidt's uh, YouTube video on, you know, like, dude, you'd be cool. Love this person right here in this moment. Um, we don't need to get into it right now. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's messy.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: It's messy. The stage is easy. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, that's crazy, dude. The stage is not easy. It's not easy to do what you do. Yeah. It, you're right. There's some skill, but there's experience and stuff like that. But okay. the mess. Is where God wants to be. Yeah. If it's true that He came into the mess for the messed up, like if it's true that He came into the margins for the marginalized, like yep. it's just going to be nasty. It's just going to be messy. And so, when yeah, when things are messy, when you jumble everybody together, you kind of feel like, all right, this is where, this is where it's at. Yeah. You imagine um, the feeding of the five thousand. Or the wedding at Cana, or you know, the the uh, you know Simon the Pharisee's house table, Zacchaeus's house, like these places were, you know, it's not like the painting. <laughs> yeah. They were messy. Yeah. They were messy. It was it was it was human interacting. Like there were drunk people at the feeding of five thousand for sure. Yeah. For sure, yeah. there were nursing babies. There were screaming babies. Like there was it was it was it was humanity. You know, and um yeah so um.
1: So true. It's
0: changed our life. I mean that you know the 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 commitment to opening our house weekly has changed has completely changed our life, um, and uh, yeah, given us hopefully the um, the tools to um, yeah to be to become saints. We're we're exercising some virtue uh, every every week, and so now our you know we, we just want to we want to like give that to as many people as possible. And that's what Delray Collective is about. It's just like, we do not expect everybody to say, this is such a great idea, I want to do this. Yeah. But we do know there are quite a few crazy people out there who could like, 700 plus. Get on, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, like, that's crazy. crazy. I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, and I've, I've heard it before, like with, with, you know, with media and online stuff and building a company, like all you got to do is find your own crazies. Yeah. Like you don't have to. You don't have to reach everybody. Like I'm sure you. You. Yeah. You know you've they, got your audience. They. They love you and they're on with you. You know. F- you know, getting the big broad audience is not always like. Who cares?
1: They say. I, I found my. There's, there's like three a, crazy people. There's like a. It's like a thousand true fans or something was a book that like all you need is a thousand. You're almost like you have seven hundred something. You're three hundred more. Like we go. <laughs> And then you're then you executed on that book. You're done. <laughs> Boom.
0: Boom. Boom. Yeah, right. That's right. Oh, man. The, the, uh, well, you said the book. I mean, I don't know. That's, uh, for me, I would love, I would love to be, I, I, I think I'm just going to hire. If anybody out there wants to write a book for me, be my ghostwriter. Just
1: write it. (laughs) Dude, I think the same thing. It's like, how do you sit down and just, I, I, yeah, how do you sit down and
0: write that much? I have seven children, two dogs yeah it's snake, just, sugar glider. I don't
1: know how you even live life, man. I have one eight month old, and I'm just like, How do i let li- this is seven kids, dude, How are you doing it? <laughs> I don't know he's <laughs> just surviving Coffee. Co- yeah, that's awesome I here let's take well, some no, uh, f- let's take some questions yeah, you here. we've got uh call into the show and you can call in and chat with us, ask your questions to any or me got 315-679-3788. You can call into the show. Um, oh, I think we got any calling back. Oh, there we go. There he is. Now he's back. Um, well, first, before we get into some calls, Andy, here's a good one that came in the comments from uh, my friend Chris. He says, do you think that your experience pledging was useful to how you evangelize to other people right now towards, towards Christ? That's what he says.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and it's, a, it's a dangerous comment because you don't want, like, I would never encourage.
1: What's that?
0: Completely, yeah, truthful. However, you know, I wouldn't go looking for those situations, you know, right. but God is going to give you all the tools that he wants to give you. So in your experience of family and friends and college and things like that, be on the lookout for some of those things. And I think, yeah, um, from a very young age, yeah, I was given sort of opportunities to be around people. And my, my parents always hosted, you know, uh, get togethers, like I said, priests in my home, etc. Um, my high school experience, you know, playing football, playing baseball. Yeah, there's just, yeah, there's a tons, tons of things, uh, life lessons everywhere. And I think, yeah, play, you know, being a part of eternity. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely think that that gave me um, some some life skills there. But don't go looking for it; it it'll come. You don't you know
1: don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't go out yeah, look. Don't like I'm pledging yeah. a fraternity because it's gonna make me a better better evangelist one day. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. It's like well the, the the Pope says to smell like the sheep, so I guess I need to go you know hang out with some bong smoking. You know no, <laughs> don't do that. Like you don't.
1: If they happen to approach, you know. if they happen to approach you, probably you should love them, but like don't right. be pulled into that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good question though. That's awesome.
1: All right, we got uh, Josh called into the show. Josh, how you doing? You're live. Can you... Oh wait, Josh, here you go. You're live. Now you are. I had the wrong volume. What's up. going on, guys? Good. How you doing, man? Hey, Josh.
0: Uh it is snowing here in New York, so that's how I'm
1: doing. <laughs> oh man, I'm glad I'm in the West Coast now. <laughs> what's your question man yeah so uh
0: my question is just kind of just how things have been going in in uh, evangelization since march and being quarantined and covid19 um what are some of the hurdles or obstacles you think uh we're going to see once we're able to go out in evangelization i know Andy, you talked about like you know, discipleship in small group and with your ministry, your open porch, like what are some of the hurdles going to be you foresee coming up here to continue doing this once, uh, you know, we're clear of COVID-19? Well, I think initially, I mean, I don't know what you'd have to say, Nick, but like I think initially there's going to be a great jubilation, you know, there's a, it, it will be so, we'll be, will be so excited um, to be back together. I think in the church, uh, I would recommend every single parish across the United States to throw whatever their like Harvest Fest or Oktoberfest or Bazaar like do it immediately get yeah. everybody back together get everybody's booth you know Vietnamese Egg roll like go all out do the you know because people are going to be hungry for community and touch and hugs and everything so I think yeah. first of all I think that will be in the initial um, and then I would. I, the caution I think the danger would be because mass and things like that have gone online. Uh, the danger would be that people would say, "I just you know, I'd rather watch Bishop Barron, you know, or I'd rather you know, I'd rather consume something that is better than my local priest or or whatever." So I think. I think that's, that would be the danger after, you know, post COVID because like people are now finding out like, Oh my gosh, I can, you know, watch this video or, you know, stream this or that. I think it's great, but it could never replace, you know, the, the pair. So I think, um, pairing out strong, you know, I think is going to, is going to help with that. Um, and then the implications of social distancing, um, you know, yeah I think there's definitely gonna have to be we'll probably just stay out front for a while uh, instead of coming in the house or in the backyard. I think the the front yard anyway, has become you know a place where neighbors are gathering. I don't know what you know what it's like on the west Coast. Obviously, if it's snowing, you're not outside that much. but um in my neighborhood, I mean, there's like sidewalk traffic. yeah, I mean people are out. And we have this opportunity to sit in our front yard and just wave. And it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment to love your neighbors. I think they'll be more ready to uh, to just sort of join in, you know, and eat and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's what I would see happening after those those three things. Um, but, yeah, there, there, there will definitely be some dangers, Do you, th- you know, to to the online thing.
1: Do you think that, like, when all this is over and the online thing is over – do you think that, like, we're going to go just back to exactly how the church was? Because I feel like the, the church is – it's cool seeing some of the responses of various churches doing things online and just different things. That's really cool. Um, but do you just think all oh, that's just going to stop?
0: No, I think people were already moving this direction, right? So, like, for instance, confirmation programs. Yeah. You know, like, what a – mess, <laughs> you know, like, and, and like there's tons of people who are doing great stuff, like series and, you know, Chris, you know, put Paget put together, you know, a great deal. Like, yeah, that's good. Okay. But I think more than that, what we're finding is like the priorities of family, you know, and faith and the transmission of, of, um, you know, of, uh, of, of the faith, you know, catechesis in the home. I believe we're, we already needed that. Yeah, we already needed that. And so I think where we'll sort of shift and my hope would be that confirmation programs and cateche- catechetical programs shift more towards, you know, empowering parents and families to do something. Right. So yeah. I think that's one thing that we'll take into the future, hopefully, is yeah. that, you know, like parents are now finding out, well, I can do this kind of, you know, like I'm not a terrible home educator. I think people will probably move to, you know, some people will move to homeschool, especially people who are paying $15,000 a year to send their kids to private school are like, wait a minute, can I do this? Like, I think I might be able to do this. You know, I like my kids, actually, you know. Um, So, yeah, so I think the church will be the same. There'll be some adaptations uh, and some more prioritized family, personal touch, uh, you know, my, my, my priest is riding around the neighborhood on his bike on Sundays, you know, so he celebrates mass and he rides around the neighborhood, you know, we, we stand outside, he blesses us. Um, he had a margarita the other day. Nice. Yeah, I was like, hey, come on, man, like, <laughs> hang up? out for a second. Okay, 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 just a little bit. But yeah, so um, I think some of those things will be, will be different. different. That's my hope.
1: Yeah. yeah. I hope so, too. I hope so, too, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I always ask at the end of the show, what are some books that you'd recommend? And It doesn't have to be spiritual. It could be whatever you want.
0: Oh, man, yeah. Um, the Stack. Here's, here's, here's some of my Stack over here. Um, I just finished – well, I'm actually still going through this. I just finished um, East of Eden.
1: That's my daughter's not name. Not- Eden is my daughter's name. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love that Dude, this is... Have you read this? I'm halfway through it. Because I I saw it and I was like, oh, I got to read it. John Simon's got a book with my daughter's name in it. Let's go.
0: Bro. Um, Chapter 7. Yeah, it's a great... I would say, yeah, anybody who who, um, loves humanity and you know, the, like just the study of humanity, this book, you know, as far as fiction goes, is one of the, is, is one of the best ever in just the study of humanity. Um, I always say a good story, you know, is one that you find yourself in, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think I find myself in every character in this entire book. So, uh, yeah, East of Eden would be a great recommendation. And then I'm reading, so are you are you familiar with, um, Andrew Peterson, who's a, um, yeah. he's a musician. Okay, Man, this is weird. Yeah, Andrew. Well, he's an author and a musician. Um, this is called the Wing Feather Saga, and um, I, you know, as far as like, I think that Andrew a hundred years from now will be. One of those authors that nobody knew of in the time that he was writing, but is going to be a work that people look back at and go, "That that's an incredible work." So, yeah. um, it's fantasy. It's it's Tolkien. Um, he's a, he's he's also a, f- a friend of ours who uh, we've done a lot of work with through the years, um, just with his music. His music is incredible. But uh, this this Wing Winged feather Saga, I think was, I think there's five books now.
1: What's his name? Reading that
0: to your... Andrew Peterson. Andrew yeah.
1: Peterson interesting that's cool yeah
0: Yeah, so he's he's he has a thing he's in nashville or in in um he's in tennessee somewhere but uh the rabbit room is kind of this collective of uh artists and creatives uh they do you know it's it's writing it's it's songwriting um you know uh, painting and all sorts of really really cool projects so the rabbit room um and andrew peterson and then this, yeah, that would be a great book recommendation if you have kids. Man, it's it's a great thing. Everybody, you know, it's kind of like um, Lord of the Rings or you know Narnia type of uh, you know story, and you can kind of um, yeah, it, it's for all ages. So I love it. Those would be mine. Um, oh gosh, and I have a ton more. I mean, uh, if you know, one is like oh, how, how is does this work, spirituality man? Spirituality, fun. Yeah, that book. This is, is so a,
1: good. I read that in one sitting. It just like so good.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a talk he gave, right? Uh, I, lo- I love I uh, love the Nowan uh, spirituality series where yeah. they just take talks and and he you know and they just transcribe them. Yep. He didn't even prepare.
1: Really? I didn't. Like this I didn't know this, this, talk,
0: any of this. this Yeah, I read the I read I read yeah there that somewhere that um. They
1: just. This trans- wasn't even
0: something that he wrote down.
1: He's just like, hey, we're gonna sit down and talk about it. It's like a pair of staff meeting. We're going to talk about fundraising type of thing.
0: (laughs) He was at like a development. Yeah, like a development thing. He was raising money for something and he just decided to come in and just, yeah, spout this thing. It's incredible. And that one is, yeah, he's probably my favorite, favorite author. I think Uh, just an incredible mind, man. Um, So, yeah, that would be, (laughs) that's my stuff.
1: I love it. I love it, man. Um, isn't that, do you do development day to day? Is that what you do? You work for a, I see mm-hmm. that on Facebook. How's that? What's that like life like working as, I talk to so many youth ministers all the time. And it's like, yeah. it's great to, to hear somebody who's doing something else in the church. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's my tents. It's my tent making, you yeah. know, um, through the years of working in nonprofit, you know, uh, I could say decades now. Uh, it's, you 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 learn so many things, marketing, communication, you know, development, advancement, leadership, uh, what it means to sit in a meeting and take notes. And, you know, it, you, there's just a lot of skills you can pick up through the years. And one of the yeah, I mean, I came to came to a point where it was like, all right, I'm going to have to sell something like insurance or cars or mattresses or, you know, to, to, you know, to make my tents or, you know, continue in the nonprofit realm. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I day to day, I, uh, we have this super cool little tiny classical Christian school called the St. Constantine school. And, um, we are trying to make everything that sucks better. I mean, like if you, if you boil it down, this little school is going like, what if rather than saying, don't climb the trees, we said, climb the trees, you know, like what if, you know, instead of grades, we just had discussion and we were able to, you know, so it's, it's based on the dialectical it's platonic, um, you know, uh, you know, Plato, uh, the great books and it, it's just the coolest place. There's like 300 kids, sweet. massive, you know, it's, it's all these former homeschoolers, uh, people who are weird and unique and um, classically minded people. And so um, my kid, all seven of my kids are there cause it's a, it's a K, you uh, know, pre K three. So three year olds all Man. the way through a bachelor's degree. Wow. So you yeah, I mean. so you can get yeah, so it's a it's a college too. That's crazy. So all the way through, so big families they go to one place. Even if they're in college, uh, everybody goes to the same place. They interact, they see each other—big kids, little kids. That's cool. Um, everybody on staff is a teacher, and uh, so my kids were going there, and they needed a development director, and it was like, huh. I talk about the school all the time, anyway. You know, oh. um, you know. So so yeah. So day to day that's uh, that's my main you know source of revenue which is such a blessing in a time like this where you know yeah. if I was only gigging you know and only out on conferences and things psh, I don't know I mean I don't know what what um, we wouldn't starve yeah we're not orphans God would have taken care of us but um, but yeah it's a real blessing to, to be a part of a um, of a team where I can you know pull in a salary so that's
1: but obvious. yeah development
0: is a whole other beast we can talk about that another time but, <laughs> yeah but yeah it's um yeah inviting people into the mission yeah. um and you know it's not about asking for money it's just like you know it's about that like man we're doing something cool and something god's up to something big and we'd love for you to be a part of it i mean yeah. that's sort of my day to day so I love
1: that man so yeah. yeah final question is you know you get to your end of your life boom you're dead and Boom. you know you get to come back and pick. You're the patron saint of what?
0: Wow, I'm the pa- well, oh, I get to come back, or people name me like people yeah. are like, hey, yeah, people this are is like you know, you
1: know, we're gonna choose. He's the patron saint of something, but let's call up any. He's gonna come down from heaven and tell us. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> wow, man, yeah, that is a uh... I um. Gosh, I would love to be the patron. Well, I'd love to be the patron saint of my home city of Houston. I, 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 I love my town. I know that's like a scandalous symbol right now, but like but we, I, I love, I love my city, the Bayou City. Um, it's a, uh, it's so unique. It's this great melting pot of food and culture, and you know, we're Texas beef and oil meat. Louisiana Cajun and coast and you know muddy waters and yeah we it's a it's a it's a cool cool place so I think yeah I think Houston would probably be if I could be the patron saint of anything Uh, I think I'd be uh, Houston and everything that entails maybe tacos maybe the patron uh, saint of tacos (laughs) and I I, I think I could yeah yeah and that yeah and that goes along with Houston too so
1: yeah good (laughs) question I love it I love it patron saint of Houston and Tacos. I love that, man. That's cool. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, Annie. I appreciate it. Um, And I just want to acknowledge you, man, because I just think from following your content online and just having this conversation, you're just a super real person. Um, And it's really encouraging to see with somebody who, you know, you're you're a well-known person, I think, in the Catholic world, doing a bunch of these different conferences and stuff and a lot of the series for confirmation and whatnot. And, you know, it's just really great to see somebody who has that platform be so real and honest. Like I've seen you online challenge just established things. Like that you'd think wow, that's that's probably not the thing you should challenge, but it's needed to be challenged and I'm so glad mm. that you've done stuff like that and I just see you do stuff like that so I just want to thank you for that and thank you for being on the show, man. It means means a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I appreciate I appreciate that look too. Um I yeah, I mean Christianity is so radical. It, it's so you know, and I think if we're not asking the question all the time, like how can we do this better, yeah. uh, we're, we're we're we'll perish. We will perish, you know. And I, I love I love being a part of that remnant, that radical bunch of just like no, we're we're true. We're safe. Like right here is where home is. And so um, I don't mean to challenge you know necessarily, but. <laughs> but you know the Saints lost their heads
1: yeah yeah you
0: know it's like okay if I'm gonna be a saint like it's gonna have-
1: we're gonna have to say that yeah <laughs> you there
0: and uh, yeah thanks for oh, there you thanks go. for acknowledging that and um, yeah thanks for having me on this was this was rather enjoyable and and uh, yeah very fun so any
1: You said very enjoyable and rather fun, and then wait for it. I'm hearing beeps. Oh, now you're back. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> All right. So you said rather enjoyable, very fun, and
0: I'm... yeah, rather enjoyable, very fun. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for having me on, man. This is this is great.
1: Yeah, man. Where can people find you?
0: Well, um, everywhere uh, on you know social media, but I probably live the most on Instagram. Yeah, that's probably where I live the most. Uh, it's E N N I E, the number four. I'm the fourth any. You're I'm the fourth any, any Good Hickman, the fourth. Yeah, my and my son is uh, the fifth. Oh, so, sweet. Uh, but but yeah, so it's any four, um, and then DelrayCollective.com. If you're interested in finding more, you know, out more about the Open Porch network, there's a place where you can register, there's a place you can find an open porch. Maybe there's an open porch in your neighborhood and you just didn't know it. Yeah. You can um, you know, plug in your information there and we'll set you up with a with an open porch. Um, uh, yeah, so delraycollective.com would probably be the best place to to find us on the internet.
1: Sweet. Awesome, man. Well, Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a good time.
0: Yeah, hanging out with all everybody. right, Nick.
1: All right, take care.
0: God bless. Bye. Bye.